This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars and formula one this is the final inspection show presented by the legendary great lakes dragaway in union grove now here's your host steve saki and welcome to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary great lakes dragaway in union grove and joining us on the great midwest bank hotline he is Mr. Formula One, David Hobbs. Welcome to the show, sir. <laughs> uh, very good, Steve. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly sure I'm Mr. Formula One now, but uh, <laughs> I was for a long time, I suppose, over here. But anyway, nice to be on your show again, Steve. How are you? Well, thank you. I appreciate you taking time out and joining us. Uh, I wanted to get you on the show because all of a sudden... It became silly season in uh, Formula One, where everybody's jumping uh, rides right now, isn't it? Didn't it ever? I mean, all in a week, I mean, suddenly you went from absolutely nothing happening for weeks and weeks and weeks, and suddenly the whole world's gone completely balmy. Um Obviously, the big shot, well, the big, I guess the big news, well, it's all big news. I mean, the, the really big news, right. of course, is Sebastian Vettel uh, being let go by Ferrari. Uh, we'll never quite know what happened, whether they offered him too little money or not enough status. Uh, but I did see some very telling comment the other day that the really the nail, the final nail in his not in his coffin, um, so to speak, was when uh, Leclerc won the Italian Grand Prix and stood on the and cut out, qualified him out, pointed him all year, uh, which was not the way it was supposed to run. Vettel's point of view. So anyway, big news that is him, get, him going because the big thing is where will he go? I suspect he will go into retirement. Really? Okay, that's interesting. Well, I I just um, you know actors when they get to the end of their career, TV commentators when they get to the end of their career, they tend to grasp at straws. And, but you know, it's it's kind of never worth it. I think it's. You know, probably better for him to retire now. Four-time world champion. He won't go and drive for, you know, Sauber or something. Uh, I mean, Schumacher, Michael Schumacher, the great Michael Schumacher, made that mistake when he went back to um, Mercedes, of all people. Helped to get him all set up and then got beaten, well and truly, by Nico Rosberg. And um, 
you know, so he did go out at the top of his career, and I, I don't think Vettel want to do that. I think he wants to retire. I can't see him doing Indy. Um, I can't see him doing IMSA. Um, and I can't see him driving for a lesser team. So I think he'll retire. And with, and with Lamar, with all the changes going on over there, I mean, there's there's not a big team or a big uh, ticket item that really entices them, is there? Exactly. And of course, Alonso, you know, was when he went to Toyota, I mean, talk about a, you know, a, a easy move. I mean, he went to Toyota when they were the only ones left. Uh, well, actually, Porsche was still around then, but even so, it was the absolute number one car. And, you know, won Le Mans twice and everything, and uh, then walked away from that. Um, although I see this week there's talk of him going to Renault next year in Formula One. Boy, oh boy, I. I'm not sure that's a great move either. Suppose if I was him, I'd retire. I mean, he's 39. Right. Uh, I mean, he's nearly as old as you, um, so he should retire. <laughs> and then uh, Carlos Sainz uh, going to uh, Ferrari. You know, I had a buddy of mine tweet or text me. He goes, "What doesn't? Don't they want to win?" Uh, a lot of American fans may not know much about him, but he's always had that. Uh, it could be the next big thing, kind of, uh, to him, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I had. Tremendous faith in oh, Nico Hulkenberg, which unfortunately was not yeah. carried through. I think I've always said that you know, in racing, you've got momentum, and as long as you keep on winning, you know, you do Formula Ford and you win, you do Formula Junior, you win, you do Formula Mazda, you win, you do whatever and you win, and you know, it, it keeps it up. And, and Lewis Hamilton did, did exactly that one in go karts. One in every one of the lesser formers never failed to win a championship in whatever he was doing, and then went straight into Formula One and bloody nearly won a championship. Only lost a championship by one point in his first Formula One year, and has since won it six times. Um, I think Nico should have driven. I think he should have driven for Ferrari when they put Kimi Räikkönen back in the seat, and I think then you'd have seen a very different career from Nico Hockenberg, but anyway, he didn't. And I think Carlos Sainz is going to look out or look in. Right, you know, he's driven for two, you know, goodish teams. Did very well last year with McLaren, and I think putting him in a Ferrari, you know, he's going to do okay. I don't think he'll beat Leclerc, though. I don't think anybody's going to beat Leclerc at the moment um, yeah. in that car, unless it might be Hamilton. Um, I don't think anybody else, quite honestly, is up to it, but... Uh, I think for him, it's a very good move. Not sure about the move of Daniel Ricciardo going from Renault to McLaren. The only upside, of course, is that McLaren, as of next year, will be using Mercedes engines again. And then and then there's uh, Daniel Ricciardo, of course, uh, who moved to Renault. And I think we understood why he went there, because there was a boatload of money sitting <laughs> <laughs> right, and now he's going to McLaren, and McLaren's been on the upswing the last few years. Is yeah. Should he have well, stayed the course with Renault, or is he taking a chance, or what do you think? He is taking a chance, but I think with that sidle, well, the, the team manager at, at, at McLaren now, as long as he can keep um, doing what he's doing, he, he comes from an incredibly successful career with Porsche in long-distance racing. Everywhere Seidel's been, the teams have been winners. 
And I think that he could help to steer McLaren back there. Um, and of course, the other rumour that's circling around, and, and I think could well be true, is that Mercedes may well pull out of Formula One, in which case McLaren would then become the de facto factory team for Mercedes again, I think. More so than, say, Racing Point or certainly Williams now, because they've got a lot of ground to cover before they get back to their old glory. So it may be a very crafty, calculated move if that was to happen. And Mercedes, well, every major manufacturer this year, the coronavirus has really, really rocked on their heels. Mercedes have a massive investment program in electric vehicles, which everybody over here in America is aghast at. But, you know, the rest of the world is determined to go electric. And America, whether they like it or not, are going to have to follow suit because people like Mercedes and BMW aren't going to be making cars for Europe and the rest of the world, and special ones for here. Mm-hmm. And um, and the new guy that took over from Dieter Zetcher, the new president of Mercedes-Benz, or Daimler Corporation, is a really renowned cost-cutter. Uh, well, if you're going to cut costs, you know, Formula <laughs> One's a pretty good starting point because it costs them about 500 million a year. Um, so it may be that Daniel Ricciardo this time has chosen right, um, just like McLaren, just like um, Lewis Hamilton when he left McLaren. We all said in the booth, you know, my God, what the hell is he doing? Going to Mercedes, he must be nuts. Well, <laughs> he won four championships, five championships for them, so I guess he wasn't that nuts. Talking with David Hobbs on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, uh, and I guess I guess the fans want to know how 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 is David Hobbs doing down in Florida? Well, David Hobbs at the moment is struggling a bit. Uh, I don't know whether they're going to sit directly in the sun or just look at it. It's a bit hot today. It's up around about the ninety mark and a trifle humid, um, but otherwise he's doing okay. Um, we, uh, you know, we downsized a lot in our house, but it's a nice little house. It's on a canal, so we got a dock, we've got a boat lift, and we look at other people's boats. We don't actually have a boat. So we're doing okay. Um, yeah. And quite honestly, with no um, with no TV anymore, the difference between being in lockdown and not being in lockdown for me hasn't meant much. Right. Mrs. Hubs, Max, as you know, is very involved in her painting endeavors these days, doing very well at it. So she's been busy and kept busy in her studio and has enjoyed it. And um, a couple of shows that she was going to do, she hasn't been able to do. But um, she did have a big one down here in Vero Beach early on in the year before it all went wrong. So that was pretty lucky. Um, So, no, we're doing okay. And we'll be back in Wisconsin probably middle to end of June when the weather finally warms up. <laughs> well, excellent. We certainly appreciate you taking time out today, and uh, looking forward to chatting uh, with you again as we get more racing. And who knew that uh, Amelia Island back in uh, in March would be kind of like the end all for for this long? I mean, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Bill Warner has done so much for that uh, con- for that Amelia Island Concord, and has raised so much money for the local hospitals, especially the children's hospitals. Another and the foundation has raised so much money over the last 25 years. I'm really glad he. I mean, he talk about sneaking it in though. I mean, boy, the week later the whole place closed down. So good for Bill and good for Amelia. And of course, Formula One fans 
may not actually have to wait that long. It looks like this Austrian deal is going to go ahead in early July. Then Silverson are talking very seriously about having two races in late July, uh, back-to-back weekends. No crowds, but uh, but doing the races. So TV fans over here and around the world will, will get a taste of Formula One, hopefully within the next five or six weeks. So they're not going to do the old British Grand Prix, European Grand Prix between Silverstone and Brands Hatch? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I, I guess Brands is not up to snuff down for Formula One. <laughs> I don't think so, unfortunately. No. I w- would love to see it back on the schedule, though. So. Yeah, a lot of people would be. Yes, definitely. All right. Well, thank you, David. Appreciate it. And we'll be chatting in the future. And thanks for having me on, Steve. And good luck to you all. And uh, as you say, we'll talk again in the the future. Oh, and let's not forget a certain dealership on 6100 North Green Bay Avenue. That wouldn't be David Hobbs Honda by any chance, would it? I think it is. still open today for sale. I mean, sales are booming along there. So why don't you run along? We're closing early with the COVID. So we'll be closing at 4 o'clock this afternoon, your time. But, uh, yeah. Greg's doing a marvelous job there and keeping the lads busy, and um, they're doing okay, uh, a lot better than we thought, actually, in the, in the circumstances. But, um, yep. So, David Hobbs 100, 6100 North Green Bay Avenue is still going good and strong. We'll be taking our uh, uh, Pearl White CRV in there for its first service here coming up in the next week or two. So, looking forward good to you. that. So. Okay, Steve. <laughs> All right, David. Thank you so much. That was David Hobbs on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Has your passion outgrown your home? A Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit greatmidwestbank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. Coming up, we're going to talk about local the local business and motorsports and how they're dealing with the COVID-19 crisis here in Wisconsin. We're going to talk to Heidi Welk with Style Aesthetic and uh, how they're doing in this uh, new world uh, with uh, everything going on. Coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the Final Inspection show. Steve Zockey. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Heidi Welk, who works with Web Events Entertainment and Boutique at Style Aesthetic Design and Apparel in South Milwaukee. Heidi, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm glad to, have, or glad to be here. Thanks. Uh, well, why is Heidi on the show? Well, it just so happens, uh, I, I've known Steve. It, well, let's, let's, let's talk about Style Aesthetic here for a moment. Your, your brother, Steve Welk, is, uh, and Kyle Wura have this really, really cool uh, apparel company in South Milwaukee. And it deals a lot with main main clientele is is motorsports, and they've been at this for a while. And I've always going to have Steve on the show, but you do a thing called Feature Fridays. These videos that are on Instagram and I believe Facebook too. And I thought, well, Heidi really does a nice job on those. She, you know, and I, I said, you know what? I think I'm going to have Heidi on the show instead of Steve. So. <laughs> Well, you Here know, you are. We tried, we tried to bring Steve in once. You know, he did a he did uh, the show two or the feature two weeks ago, and all he did was blabber. So you know, <laughs> didn't talk too much about what we were actually doing. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's a neat story how, how how this thing came about in that, and and but also with the clientele you guys have. I think I think uh, people are, who are not aware of the company. Uh, 
might be surprised at who your clients are. Um, yeah, if if you don't follow or if you don't go to the races where you see my program, you're not necessarily going to know. So uh, the our my main company, or I should say the, the main series that I work with are, are IMSA teams. So I represent uh, Meyer Shank Racing, JDC Motorsports, um, Magnus Racing, Hart, um, what else do we have, Wayne Taylor Racing. There are so many I can't even think off the top of my head. There's 10 IMSA teams. There's um, three IndyCar teams that we work with, so we go onto the IndyCar circuit because we work with Meyer Shank. And so when they went IndyCar racing, I said, I want to go IndyCar racing. So we brought them on board, and then we added the Dale Coyne Vassar Sullivan program and been going to a couple of those. And then last year we actually added on the official, we're the official series merchandisers for World Challenge, so GT World Challenge. We're also doing those as well. Um, so, and then some of my other clients that I work with all the time are ecardingnews.com, so we do apparel for them. It's just everything on my side is all the, the retail where you can purchase your favorite fan, fan gear and be part of the team, and that's, that's what I do for the program. And we're, we're, of course, big fans of uh, Dinner with Racers, and we've had Ryan Eversley on the show a couple times now. We always joke that they're our, they're our favorite podcasts out there, and you guys do apparel uh, for the Dinner with Racers uh, podcast, too, that's very popular out there. Oh, we uh, sure but... do. They're uh, one of our most fun groups, I would say. The fans that they're following, their fan base, is so much fun to work with. We've done contest with them um they're doing their thursday night blunder and just jumping on the chat room every chance i get just it's so fun to watch their interaction with them and how much their fans love them and to be just a tiny piece of that is just it's been great for us and love those guys their their show is amazing and um they've been a true joy to work with and I thought one of the coolest items you guys had in, in, the, in the last year came out a few months ago, and that's the throwback Jimmy Vassar T-shirt. And I'm going to oh, stick, oh. Uh, put myself in the story here where that's his ni- 1992 rookie car uh, when he was running down in Indianapolis. And w- one of the last years I went down to Indianapolis as a fan was in 1992. And we saw, me, me and a bunch of friends saw Jimmy Vassar at a uh, kind of a driver signing or something at a Kroger or something. And I believe there have been some, uh, we might have had some uh, alcohol beverages in us at the time. <laughs> and we got something signed and we said, hey, Jimmy, break a leg on Sunday. So Jimmy went out and broke his leg on Sunday. So. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. So, yeah. <laughs> I was going to mention that when I ran into him at Seepkins uh, last year, but I did not. I thought, no, I'll just leave that. Yeah, just maybe that slide. I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, so, uh, but you guys, you know, with with these uh, Feature Fridays and they have some really cool contests, and and it's a way for, uh, I just love the way you guys promote and and have fans interact with your company. Kind of walk us through that. Oh, sure. So when we were all put under our stay-at-home order, um, I, you know, my business thrives at going to a racetrack. So we've always had our online program, but it hasn't been our strongest. So I was like, all right, well, I need to be, promoting this, this is going to be my only avenue of sales right now, and this is how I, I need to stay relevant. I need to make sure that the fans know that they can still get their favorite team apparel. So I came up with the feature Friday where I'm, I was at St. Pete. 
That was our first IndyCar race. I was going to launch all of our new product for 2020 and didn't have, I couldn't do it. They didn't allow fans by the time that we were able to, to be down there. So I said, all right, well, let's figure out a way to do it this way. So it's like, all right, let me, um, let me just kind of play around with doing a little show about it. <laughs> just kind of basically going through what I was going to call like Heidi's Closet. Like, okay, let's see, what's this new shirt? Just, just so that you had a visual on what we were all offering, what was new, just to get your eyes on it. So then it, be kind of came, it, it became this, um, all right, let's do this every Friday, and then let's tie in, you know, Wayback Wednesday and Throwback Thursday. And Steve had always had in the back of his mind wanting to do this vintage Vassar tee. He wants to bring back some, some history because we now have this IndyCar program, and he wanted to play a, little, play a little bit more with it. So we started off actually with the MSR throwback logo tee, which um, their PR person had just started doing a throwback about the, fr- the second week, I think, we were into the stay-at-home. And um, we started with that one. That one was a great success. It was their, uh, a throwback logo. We started there, and then we wanted to work with Jimmy on this tee, and he wanted to tie it into the um, – the American Red Cross and their Sleeves Up campaign. So we tied it into that and then just blew it up, and we were able to donate. I just did the donation on Friday, so it was out for a month, and we donated $2,220 just from everyone's sales from those two T-shirts. So that was just incredible. The fan support on that one was amazing. We were just so happy at how that program took off. So Every week I, I pick a different client of mine and, and feature what I have of theirs so that people, if they didn't get to the track to see it, then this is just a new way of seeing it. Uh, one of my other programs that did something really cool was uh, the e-carding news program had a um, hashtag support carding shirt. And if you bought that, or the more that people bought that, basically what, what e-carding news did was then put it, all the profits from that back into the carding industry and helped out all of his um, all of his partners. So the more people that buy the shirt, the more money goes back into carding. So a lot of my um, my my customers have just been on board with, hey, let's let's do something to help everyone out. I mean, obviously we're all in this boat together. We can't get to a racetrack. We want to make sure that everybody stays involved and connected. So we just did some really creative things to try and stay stay out there, stay connected to the people, stay connected to our clients, and just kind of did everything we could. We kind of answered my next question was, was you know, with the St. <laughs> Pete, uh, you know, St. Pete was, you know, IndyCar season's going to start up. Oh, okay, we're all excited. Everybody's, like, gearing up for it. And then that's when everything started to kind of hit the fan, so to speak. And you guys are actually down there. And yep. it's like, okay, Speak, you know, that's really talk about pulling a rug underneath you guys. And oh, yeah, just how, sure. how was, as a business, how, how are you guys dealing with this over the last, you know, two, three months and moving forward? Um, it was definitely, uh, okay, what do we do now? Um, because I was, I was at the season opener for World Challenge the weekend before St. Pete, and everything was fine. And I had a great event that weekend. We were all packed and loaded. Half of my stuff that was there was going 
too, because GT4 and TC was racing at St. Pete as well, so I had that whole program going there. Um, I had hired a driver to drive down to St. Pete for me, and he was going to stay through Sebring, so we had a trailer full of everything. We're starting to set up with St. Pete, and then we started hearing these rumors, and then it was a little bit of, it was probably, I think about 10 in the morning, where we started hearing the rumors that they weren't going to continue with the race. Like, everything was just starting to just, everything was shutting down. So it was a little bit of like, all right, let's stop what we're doing. My um, fellow vendor neighbors, we just kind of sat around. We're like, all right, let's have lunch, I guess, you know, and just kind of wait until, wait until we found out any more. And then as time went on, we did find out that we weren't, that there were going to be no fans. So there was just no reason for us to set up anymore. So then, um, then it was, all right, well, now what? So um, Steve is like, okay, why don't you come home? Um, and uh, we had a, um, what we, well, I always call it a meeting with the Bobs as a homage to uh, office space, but we just have a, a weekly conference call and kind of try and focus on what we want to work on for the business. So we went back to, okay, what is something that we've always wanted to do that we haven't had time for? And um, one of the things was Kyle is great at logo design, and he has always wanted to promote that but just hasn't had time. So his big project was we promoted the logo design in April and got a, a whole bunch of new customers there and designed some new logos. And, um, you know, Steve was working on some some projects of those just basically the list of, oh, I've always wanted to do that, so let's go ahead and do that now because we don't have to worry about deadlines for getting shirts out the door for a race because there are no races. <laughs> um, we did have to um, – we our production, we definitely didn't continue. I mean, we did very light production, just enough to stay afloat so that um, – we could really stick to our, our stay at home and just kind of maintain some inventory and mailings. And I honestly have been so busy mailing packages. I think that is what my entire April was, was mailing packages to all of our fans who have, were so graciously bought shirts during this time. So that's what I've been busy doing. Excellent. Talking to Heidi Welk from Style Aesthetic Design and Apparel on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Heidi, we certainly appreciate you taking time out. What's the easiest way to contact uh uh, uh, Steve, Kyle, and you, uh, and get a T-shirt. Sure, yeah, you can definitely go to our website. It's styledaesthetic.com, and you can. There is a contact page. It's sales at styledaesthetic.com. Uh, you can reach us through our Facebook page, through our Instagram, through Twitter. I check all that. I definitely respond to fans as often as I can. Um, but there's definitely, uh, like, all of our contact information is on our website, and so is our, I mean, our phone number there, or, like I said, social media is great for that, too. All right, very good. Take, appreciate you taking time out and give a big Thank kiss you. on your forehead to your dad for me. Oh, I will. He's, uh, <laughs> he's right behind me, so I'll definitely pass that along. <laughs> all right, take care. That was Heidi Welk Thanks. on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Has your passion outgrown your home? A Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit greatmidwestbank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. Coming up next, we're going to have three questions with Larry next on the Final Inspection Show.
listening, and welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. It's Steve Zaki, and joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Online, it is Larry Janicek. Larry, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you, Steve. Good to be with you again. Always a pleasure, sir. Are you ready for question number one? I am ready to go. What's your take on uh, NASCAR increasing the Xfinity field from 36 to 40 and the trucks from 32 to 40? Uh, the old adage, it's, it's like the Chris Economaki book, let them all run. Just, well, yeah, let them that's all what go, they were doing. that's right, yeah, that yep. was a great Dave Argerbright book. Yep, and uh, I think that's just a way for them to uh, kind of in a time for, especially with teams, I, I think they were they finally realized well maybe that let's start protecting some of these these teams that are showing up here, uh, especially in the world that we're living in now, and uh, let's let's worry about more on the track, you know, worry about what's on the track than who who wants to get in at this point. Sounds good. Uh, were you surprised to see that uh, Josh Balicki's in the field for tomorrow's Cup race? No, I'll, I'll tell you one thing about Josh. Uh, you know, there's been some criticisms in that uh, on him. Well, he's not a front runner. Why does he get all this attention? There's there, there's a couple of things to that. Uh, for one thing, he's, he's professional, you know, and he takes care of his equipment, and he he knows how far he can push a car without wrecking it. And 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 in the days that we live in, with with some of these teams that it's so tight. And you have to understand, it's so much money to put a to put a team on the track. I mean, especially just the the the, the tire bill, you know, and, and and just everything that's involved with it. It, it. And having the driver, you know, I think the car owners in 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 the garage area, they they know they can trust him. They they know he can get a car up to speed in a minimum minimal amount of time and it's going to be able to come back on the trailer so i think think one there's a there's a trust factor with with Josh Balicki at this point that uh maybe certain other drivers they don't have i know he's been on your show a number of times i've always been impressed with him he's uh, uh seems very professional and uh like you say he takes care of his sponsors well, and if you would have, you know, you know, three years ago, if you would have said, "What's Josh's chances?" I would have been honest and probably said a thousand, ten thousand to one, you know, because it's so hard getting into the sport. But he's been able to kind of, you know, get his his leg in the door, and he's been able to squeeze through. I mean, that that door is sh- so narrow now, and there's so many drivers out there uh, that are afraid to drive. You know, and let's. You know, blunt, you know, let's let's admit some of them have been, you know, crap boxes. But you know, he's been able to get them into the field, and he's been able to bring them home in one piece. And hopefully, as 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 his career goes along, you know, the the rise will get a little bit better. Is he ever going to be a front runner? Is he ever going to be a winner? I don't know. But I think in this day and age, just to see where he's coming from, he does. He's not bringing a bank account with him. He's not somebody like Daniel Suarez or or some of these others who who have money behind them. He he's just bringing himself in his helmet bag, and it's pretty impressive what he's been able to do. Okay, here's the next question: What father son combination has the total highest total of lifetime IndyCar wins? And let me just explain what we're considering IndyCar wins are. 3A, USAC, CART, Champ Car, 
IRL and IndyCar, so it goes back quite a ways. So what father-son combination has the most total IndyCar wins? Oh, I think it's going to be close. Because it has to be between Mario and Michael Andretti and Al and Allen's are junior and senior. But who? Oh, boy, that's... Because they're both, I believe all four should be in the top... They should be in the top ten. So, boy, this is getting interesting. Of course, Mario is second. I think it goes Foyt 67, Mario 53. And then I think Al is right up there. There's a bunch of guys right around like 47, 48, 46, 45. And I think, uh, boy, I got to flip a coin on this. I, I, I'm going to go with the Unzers. Uh Mario and Michael have 94 combined wins. Al Sr. and Al Jr. have 73 combined wins. Wow. Wow. For an extra 1,000 points, who's third? And I'm I'm telling you, don't jump to conclusions. Think think this one out a little bit. Oh, boy. That's always good radio, just the sound of me listening, so... Yeah, um, I could sing a song. <laughs> so you got people boy, would be hanging up. No, that's that's a good question because uh, you know you know you can always go well, well, who, you know Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth, well, who's third? You know, and it's yeah, uh, that's always a good one. Uh, father, son. I tell you, I was really surprised, need and I didn't find out. I didn't discover this until I looked over the list when I was started compiling these numbers. Three times before it dawned on me. Uh, I need a hint. Uh, uh, the 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 Suns' wins have come uh, within the last ten years. Ooh. In the last ten years. I'm I'm just drawing a a blank. My my brain is fried today. Well, I I uh, thought uh, I had list I had the Ray Halls listed third with thirty wins combined, and then when I went back and looked at the numbers again, it actually ends up being Michael and Marco Andretti. Michael was forty two and Marco with two for forty four, so they're third. The Ray Halls are fourth. The Bettenhausens, 22 for Tony and 6 for Gary, were fifth. And then the Vukovic's, Bill Sr. with four and Bill Jr. with one, yeah. are sixth on the list. Interesting. Well, with Marco and Michael, that's a bit like uh, who's the the brothers the brothers with the most home runs. And, of course, it's yeah, Aaron yeah. with Tommy Aaron. The Aaron. <laughs> yeah, every, every, lots of people uh, will say the DiMaggio's. <laughs> and, and Hank has well, what uh, 750 yeah. and I think t- Tommy had 12 or something like that right exactly well Larry we certainly pre- appreciate you taking time out and all is, all is fun I, I really enjoy these segments and looking forward to it again next week sir okay Steve talk to you then alright coming up next uh, you're going to hear me on the Bill Michael show I was on the Bill Michael show uh, yesterday and uh, we were talking about the return of NASCAR and racing in general to uh to for for racing fans so we'll hear from that coming up next on the final inspection show 
This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Final couple of minutes here on the Final Inspection Show on this beautiful Saturday afternoon down here in southeast Wisconsin. Mayor Mitch here. Steve caught up with Bill Michaels yesterday on the Bill Michaels Show statewide. Talking about racing, NASCAR, and here locally also reopening Elkhart Lake. Road America reopening this weekend. And they, those two guys chatted about it yesterday on the Bill Michaels Show. Uh, they got the motorcycles running uh, up without fans. And uh, we're hoping uh, Road America put out a press release. So hopefully they can uh, have some uh, racing with fans uh, later. They're kind of in a wait and see uh, point at this time. But, you know, with, with uh, we, we discussed this on the on the show last week about you know, Road America. It's a four-mile racetrack. Uh, not a problem, the social distance there. And we're seeing, uh, like, the local track here at Slinger, uh, they're, 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 doing, they're opening up on Sunday, and they're doing a uh, 25% capacity so they can social distance. So, uh, you know, I, I think what's been frustrating a lot of uh, people on this virus is that is that there, there's kind of a way that we can have a little halfway. You know, we can be, let's right. try and do these events but be safe at it. Um, so let me get into the NASCAR side of things. Sure. I think it's something that people are anxious for. Uh, even if you're not a NASCAR fan, I think just to have something that's somewhat competitive on that may have drama, that may have the ability to capture your mind in competitiveness. Uh, I, I got to admit, I'm, I mean, Sunday's not even supposed to be great weather, so I'm sure we're all going to be in the house cooped up. Uh, pro- if you're not a fan, you probably have it on in the background. But I think this is something that is great for NASCAR. They get a captured audience, and in addition to that, they're kind of – setting i don't want to say the standard because it's not a team sport in the sense of going out on a, on a field mm-hmm. or a quarter or whatever but i think they're starting to set the standard and say let's open this up let's give it a shot let's have protocols in place and if things start to go awry then they can be the first ones to kind of clean up the mess and if it doesn't then they're the pioneers that kind of cleared the rest of the forest for the rest of us you know what i mean exactly and uh just just the way they they, they did the schedule uh, starting on Sunday, they're doing two races at Darlington. So Sunday afternoon, they're doing a race at Darlington. And then again on Wednesday, they're doing a, uh, a night race. Uh, so they're, they're at Darlington, Darlington. And then the following Sunday, they're doing two races at Charlotte. Same thing. Sunday, Wednesday. So it'll be really interesting to see how that works out. So, and, they, and the reason behind that is they want to keep the crews kind of close to home. They don't want to do extended traveling, and this is uh, like I like to call it uh, getting your kind of toe in the water. And then they have also released the uh, uh, the next segment uh, of the schedule, which includes you know Bristol on the uh, uh, coming up the week after, you know, mm-hmm. in Atlanta and Martinsville. Uh, once again, though, without fans, so it'll be interesting to see. I think that this is going to be a controlled environment, and like, like what you said, certainly it'll be interesting to see. It's a test. But I think those ratings on Sunday are going to be through the rough. People are anxious to see some live sporting events. Now, I, let me ask you this, because we're sitting here talking about Blake Snell's comments and then the owners trying to get additional money out of the players and revenue share, and nobody wants to open their books, and all the arguing over money, which has become just a, a, a nuclear bomb to the sport of baseball, because we're talking about things that, to many people that are out of work, don't matter right now. They just want to see the game get back to it. So let me ask you this. Has there been 
uh, a discussion in any of the race uh, circuits? Has there been a discussion of the money? Obviously, there's health concerns, and I respect that. But of the money, are they arguing? Is it is it is it any infighting with with say NASCAR and then the drivers and then the teams or or in IndyCar or any of these other sports that want to get back? Just get back to it so they can get back to one a sense of normalcy. Two, they can start to take care of their sponsors. Three, they can get paid themselves. Have we heard any of that in the sport of NASCAR, IndyCar, Formula One, Supercross, motorbike, whatever? Uh, not really. I mean, yeah, Blake Snell is certainly doing his best Roger Dorn impression from Major League. I mean, it, he is so tone deaf. I'm just amazed. You know, this is the old adage of maybe it's better just to keep your mouth shut at this point. Uh, yeah, very unfortunate comments by him. And I think when you see uh, the NASCAR is eager to get back, they want to get back, uh, you know, and all the, the drivers are, and, and they're willing. And, and I, you know, is he called a risk? Sure, everything has risk, and what has more of a risk than being a race car driver? We're seeing that. We certainly saw that in February at Daytona with Ryan Newman. So uh, maybe it's not the best to compare race car drivers to baseball players, but uh, the race car drivers are certainly uh, a cut above when it comes to risk-taking, and I don't think they uh, view this as a big risk. Uh, that was going to be my next question, because obviously health concerns, uh, they have them more so with the equipment of the car and what they're doing than it is actually of, of the COVID virus. I think more so I'd be worried more about my family and people traveling with me and, and in the in the vans and the buses and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I guess my uh, my next question is, what do you expect this weekend with, you know, I, I, we don't really see on television the fans in the stands. If you're a race fan and you can't go to the race, that's one thing because you can't get the race day experience. But as far as being on television between commentators and such and, and just the up-close, you know, pictures of the vehicles, if you're coming down the front stretch, you're going to notice the empty stands. Beyond that, it is really isn't going to change too much for the viewership, is it? No, it's not. And uh, they actually have the starting lineup. There's no qualifying, no practice. They're just going to roll out the cars and race. It'll be Brad Kosalski and Alex Bowman on the front row. So, yeah, there, it'll be interesting to see. I'm surprised they didn't even do a warm-up just to check out all the cars. So I think the first few laps, uh, you would think, uh, might be just you know the guys feeling themselves out. I'm sure the NASCAR officials are telling these guys too, you know, the eyes of the world are, or the sporting world are upon you. So let's, let's put on a, a good show competitive, but let's, let's keep the stupidity down, uh, down low. So it'll be interesting. there he is Steve on the bill Michaels show yesterday afternoon as uh, racing begins to reopen across the country and locally here. Interesting times indeed. And we'll see what happens going forward. That's going to do it for us here on the final inspection show. We'll talk to you about more racing. Steve and Jeff will be back next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.